Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner for three. Uh oh, uh oh. It's on now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dickow hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. The ISO for SB Live Sports is back. I'm your host, Dan Dickow. Talking about a number of concepts today, we have a return guest, someone who... The first time they were on, broke it down as far as roles, responsibilities amongst many different NBA organizations, maybe gave some advice on how people can get into it. Uh, Someone who's not currently in the NBA, but follows it as closely as anybody that I see and follow on social media, Brian Oringer. Brian, thanks for joining. How's life these days? It's good, Dan. Thanks again for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, we had mentioned in the intro, um, you had touched on the last conversation we had about different roles and responsibilities um, for job titles in the NBA. When you look back at your time in the NBA, though, are there a lot of players, excuse me, not players, but front office um, executives that get too hung up on titles as opposed to getting the job done, putting together a good team? Yeah, I think, you know, there's always that uh, that superstar draw and everybody, you know, I'd say even more than the front office, it's more comes from ownership. You know, they feel like they, you need big names, you need guys that, that get the fan base excited. And as you know, you know, that's not always uh, the same list as the guys that really contribute to winning. So I think sometimes, you know, again, that that star factor becomes uh, more of a component than than the role players, you know, which are really important, obviously, to winning uh you know, playoff games and eventually championships. Yeah, I, I would agree in that sometimes the owners like that name, prestige or intrigue of bringing on a certain player or maybe even a coach um, to grant the organization some credibility. Um, when you look at your time in the front office um, and then when you look at other organizations, is there an owner that you look at and say, that guy does it right? He empowers his guys to make decisions, maybe adds his two cents because that's his right or their right because they own it, but then they get out of the way and let the decision makers go. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think the Arisons in Miami have, have traditionally done a, a pretty good job. I mean, there's there's certainly some ego to it, but, you know, when you get obviously a guy like Pat Riley and, and then, you know, he brings on Spo eventually, 
they've totally let those two guys run everything and, and make every decision and, and stay it out of the way. And I think, you know, it's been a, a pretty successful uh, model for them overall. Um, you know, Golden State, I think, interfered maybe a little too much at the beginning, but then once they obviously got the right people in, in Myers and Kerr, I think they've done a great job of, uh, of staying out of the way as well and letting, uh, you know, two really good decision makers uh, make almost all the, de- the decisions, which is a pretty good idea usually. <laughs> yeah, that Golden State uh, game last night where Clay Thompson returned w- was fun for me to watch. My two boys uh, are huge Warriors fans because of Steph as well as Clay. And I love that team because of the skill they have. And there's the skill that, you know, they put on display with their shooting ability. And I think it, it really helps uh, transcend the game and it helps motivate young players in the game to focus on the skills, the footwork, the ball handling, the shooting, the passing, as opposed to just trying to dunk everything. When you look at as as a basketball insider, the return of Clay Thompson after nearly three years, um, what gives you maybe the most pause about the the return of him, not only for himself, but also the Warriors? I mean, it's it's great for the game, for sure. And, you know, I think uh speaks volumes to, to what an awesome organization that is when you see even, I mean, Draymond playing seven seconds last night just so he could be a part of it. I mean, how often do you see that? I, I saw people today talking about how, you know, you wouldn't see that anywhere else because it would have hurt your your per game averages and everybody else is so caught up in the stats, but Draymond, you know, he doesn't care about all that. He just wanted to be out there to honor his friend. And uh, yeah, it's great to see Clay back. I mean, the team is, is rolling either way, but I, I think Clay obviously, you know, takes you from, you know, great team that's, that's at the top of the West to a team that, you know, to me is the, uh, is the title favorite right now, but you know, they've done a great job finding role players. I mean, Gary Payton's son has been awesome this year. Jordan Poole's obviously made a big leap. Um, you know, Otto Porter, somebody I'm familiar with, but he's just super high basketball IQ and is, is playing a good role for them off the bench. So, yeah, it's, it's a great team, super deep team, and uh, Clay only gives them potential to, to get that much higher. I love how you mentioned right off the top the, the fact that Draymond Green wanted to just be in the starting lineup because Clay was returning. And I find that as a selfless act. And, and you're right, not a lot of players would do that because it would impact their stats, which may in turn impact uh, their ability during contract negotiations, even though over the course of an 82 game stretch, it all gets evened out. When you look at the Warriors, you look at Phoenix with somebody like with a dynamic leadership ability like Chris Paul. Um, are those the two teams that have definitely set themselves apart in your eyes on the West? Yeah, I, I think uh, not just the West. I think the whole league really. I think they're the they're the class of the NBA. Uh, those two teams, and uh, you know, I, I think right now. What's setting up to be obviously that conference finals to, to me is, is more of a, of a championship matchup. I mean, I, I think those teams are are both elites of the elites. And uh, and yeah, it's pretty incredible, you know, what the uh, the impact, obviously, of Chris Paul's just, you know, leadership. It's funny. I remember a few years ago, I, I tweeted something like, you know, speaking of Clay Thompson, I, I'd said if, if Devin Booker and Clay Thompson had switched places, you know, we go and stay to have had as much success. And I got absolutely destroyed for saying that and everybody's like oh Devin Booker's a loser he doesn't know how to defend all these things and you know what you see all along and what what basketball people know is that he he did have that kind of ability he just didn't have 
you know, the culture, he didn't have that, that alpha guy around him like Chris Paul. Um, but you know, once you give him that, obviously you see that he's, he's an obscene talent and, and one of the you know most elite scorers in the league. And, uh, you put the right supporting cast around him and it's enough to, uh, you know, to go to a championship. So I think, uh, yeah, I think those two teams are, are my clear favorites right now for sure. I know with, with your time in the NBA and now, you know, with you keeping a close eye, you, you don't follow college basketball closely, but the question I have that relates to college basketball is when, when NBA front offices put together teams and or coaching staffs develop their recommendations to the front office, what they need, how much of, how much does the average fan miss in regards to the little things? Because you might be a great college player and it doesn't work for you in the NBA because your skill set doesn't transcend. You might be a average college player, but your skill set fits a team perfectly at the next level. Um, how, how would you explain that um, skill to value ratio or set from college to the NBA and how NBA teams put it together? Yeah, you know, it's funny because I think a lot of the things that, that obviously stand out in college and, and, you know, have guys scoring 20, 25 a game and, and being, uh, you know, elite college basketball players isn't necessarily, you know, the role that they're going to play in the NBA. Um, and so as a result, you know, you have guys that, that don't really know how to defend. They don't know how to make the, the hustle plays. And, uh, you know, in the NBA, obviously, unless you're going to be a, a Devin Booker or a Steph or whatever, um, you know, you're not going to have the ball in your hands all the time. You're not going to be asked to score 20, 25 points. You know, you're going to be a, a bench player and, and asked to make an impact in, in 10, 15 minutes uh, off the bench. So, yeah, I mean, I think, as you know, you know, it's it's be a star in your role. It's it's about uh, showing that, um, you know, that you can just be effective regardless of uh, how, how much you score. Um, you know, and, and so there's the guys that go on and, and score, you know, lead college and scoring a lot of times go on to be, overseas players are playing the CBA, you know, cause there you could just score points. And, and I saw, you know, like Julia Okafor is going over to, you know, playing the, the CBA, I think. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very different obviously from the kind of uh, demanding, uh, you know, role you have to play in the NBA in terms of being locked in every single possession, playing hard on defense, with every possession. And obviously, you know, a lot of people don't understand that, but uh you know, in the NBA, guys, I, I tell people all the time, I mean, you have to play all out every possession defensively. I know it doesn't always look like that. And, and you know, some of the scores don't indicate that. Um, but, you know, the good teams, they get that and, and they, they play hard and defend every possession. It doesn't always look like that because pros make it look so easy. That's the way I've always explained it to, to fans when when they say, oh, but the NBA doesn't play hard. They just make it look easy. Um right. And the other thing you said is be a star in your role. Now, I look at that comment and I say the Lakers last year had a star in his role, and that was Alex Caruso. They let him walk, went to the Chicago Bulls. He's playing well there. I, I see a lot of issues with the Lakers roster, even though they've played a little better as of late. I think a lot of that's attributed to LeBron being as good as he is, being able to cover up some of those holes. When you look at the Lakers, are they going to be able to overcome some of these roster discrepancies to make a run in the playoffs? I still would be very, you know, very scared if, if I'm an opposing team of the Lakers in the playoffs. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't care what anybody says. Obviously, 
the regular season's been a, a big struggle and, and they've certainly underperformed and and no question I think losing Caruso looks like probably the worst move uh, of the offseason but you know big picture I mean yeah they're 21 and 20 they've been without you know probably their second best player AD for a huge stretch of the season um, you know when he comes back yeah I mean LeBron obviously is He's playing some of his best basketball at 40. You know, Russ is starting to figure it out more. You know, Malik Monk has really uh, has really shined as of late. So I'm still high on the Lakers. Obviously, you know, they're missing a couple pieces. They definitely again didn't didn't thrive in the in the roster construction category. But uh, I mean, when you have LeBron, Russ, and AD, I mean, you're going to be a danger in the playoffs no matter what. I mean, it, it, it'd be really hard for that team to. Uh, to not at least be, you know, super competitive in the playoffs. So I'm still expecting them to, to win a series maybe too, you know, and uh, we'll see ultimately how healthy they are and how far they can go. We've mostly touched on the West, but let's let's spend a couple minutes on the Eastern Conference right now. The Bucks are obviously the returning champs. Uh, people made some comments a, a year ago and in the offseason that, well, I don't know how much value we place on this title because of everything that's happened with COVID. I don't buy that. You still have to win the games that are on the schedule and you have to beat the opponent that's in front of you in the playoffs. What do you make of the East this year? And do you see the Bucks coming out of the East again? I think it's basically a, a four-team race, the way I look at it. I mean, I think the, you know, the Bulls, Nets, and Heat are all – great teams as well and I think any of those teams has a, has a really good chance to come out of the east um so I'm with you I mean I, I don't put an asterisk on on the Bucks or anything I mean they've they earned it you know everybody had problems everybody had you know COVID issues and, and they you know they tough through it all and Giannis made that leap um and so now yeah the onus is on him to prove he can do it uh back to back but uh you know the Bulls have been probably my favorite team to watch I mean DeMar's unbelievable um, you know, the, the Heat have had – I watched them the other night uh, go into um, – where are they go into? I'm blanking now. Uh, who did the Heat just play? Sorry. I'm, they went into somewhere they had no business winning. Um, you know, down two – got down uh, – sorry, Butler and uh, – I can't talk right now. I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> they went into Phoenix. Sorry, they went yeah. into Phoenix with, without Butler and uh, and – Bam, and just beat the crap out of Phoenix. Um, and so that was unbelievable to watch. I mean, they have, you know, the heat culture thing. It's like just next man up. They just throw different guys out there that have been ninth, 10th, 11th guys in a rotation. And they, you know, they throw them into the starting lineup and still find a way to win games. So talk about not making excuses. I mean, without without Bam and Jimmy, for them to still play as well as they have and heroes, you know, putting up 30 off the bench and your sevens playing well as a starting center and you know, Caleb Martin's playing well. I mean, they've been awesome to watch. Um, so, yeah, I think all four of those teams are really good. And obviously the Nets are the sleeping giant with, uh, you know, depending on what happens with Kyrie. Yeah, I would agree with the the earlier comment you made about the, the culture that Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley created uh, and uphold down in Miami. But Spolstra is a Portland guy. I was a kid growing up. I remember watching him as a player at the University of Portland. It was fun getting to know him a little bit during my time in the NBA when we would cross paths. But there's another NBA head coach from the Portland area that's a friend of mine. Uh, it's his first go as a head coach, Ime Udoka with the Celtics. Um, they've had some ups and downs. I, I like their roster, but I don't think at times – 
um, their star players play for each other. Am I right in saying that when I allude to Jason Tatum in particular and Jalen Brown? Um, what do you see with the Celtics and, and the prospects for Ime Udoka to get them on the on the positive track? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I think, uh, yeah, I think Tatum in particular, just, um, you know, that there was an assistant coach or something came out with similar comments like that earlier this season that he only wants to win like on, on his terms. And, uh, you know, a lot of people see that and, and they just, again, point to the stats and say, oh, he's, he's playing well, he's not the problem, blah, blah, blah. But but they don't understand that, you know, yeah, as you know, I mean, stars make their teammates better. They make the game more fun, you know, for everybody that they lift guys up around them. And, you know, Tatum consistently has one or two assist games. I mean, he doesn't, um, you know, show much interest in, in playing both ends of the court. Uh, Jalen Brown, I mean, it's it's bizarre. You know, like I'm looking at the other night, he had 22, 11 and 11. You know, and if you could do that every night, you're pretty good. But I saw there was also a night earlier this season where he took like 35 shots and had no assists. Um, so both of them tend to just play hero ball and don't really, um, you know, play off each other. Don't show much of an interest in playing in a system. Um, and yeah, it, it's going to be a big uphill uh, task for somebody like Ime, who's, you know, from that San Antonio tree, obviously of ball movement, player movement, and really wants to do things as a team. Uh, and you've got, you know, two exceptional talents who just totally want to play ISO ball and, and don't, you know, don't do things as a team. Uh, so, yeah, I think they've got big issues and, you know, the jury's definitely still out on if those two guys can, can play and win together. Well, Brian, I appreciate the time. It's always good to, to follow you on social media because you got a wealth of basketball knowledge in particular at the NBA level. We'll have to bring you on again when the, when the playoffs are right around the corner. So thanks again for joining. Thanks again for having me. Appreciate it. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.